Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 299, covering Dragon Teeth and One Small Step. Hi, friends. It's a Christmas miracle. We didn't hate this week's episodes. Uh, and also, we have an episode for you when all the other podcasts are taking the week off. Oh, are they? Oh, yeah. Trust me on this. I listen to like 80 podcasts, and they're all like, yeah, so we won't be here next week. So I'm like, I got to fucking work, man. What the hell am I supposed to listen to? Me humming? Oh, I thought I thought you were being passive aggressive. I got to work like this show. Come on. Oh, no. Fuck. I don't care about that. OK, good. <laughs> What if I've taught if I've taught you anything, Matt, after all this time, it's uh, be aggressive, aggressive, not passive aggressive. If I've taught you anything, Matt, it's shut up and get back to work. <laughs> it's not work. I mean, it's a little work now that it's Voyager, but it hasn't been work for most of the time. No, no. We are professional professionals. No, that's what I'm saying. It's it, it barely barely feels professional. It feels mm. like, OK, watch Star Trek and make some dumb jokes. Yep. with My friend and that then some other people will hear it. Yep. Um, that's the, I, I, that's the Pa, uh, creed. Yeah. It's, it's on the, um, do we have a coat of arms? Oh, I think we should get a coat of arms. No, I think we should get a coat of armus. Hey, you guys, welcome to my coat of armus. This is my Technicolor dream coat. I can actually see it really well in my mind now. <laughs> yeah. It starts out as a beautiful Technicolor dream coat and eventually becomes just like completely wrecked with gross armus goo. Hey, buddy, I'm at the bottom of your beautiful coat, and I'm ruining your musical number. <laughs> uh, before we begin, I wanted to uh, read you. Usually we save these for the supplementals, mm. but uh, I wanted to read you a piece of, uh, of of listener feedback we got. Matt, I wanted to read you a poem I've written for you. Uh, no, I have not written any poems. Uh, there, there once was a man from the Delta Quadrant. Mm. That, that's all I got so far. There once was a man named Ducat. Oh, well, that would be okay. Go on. Name three. Whose bottom was ex- exceptionally hot. Yikes. Uh-huh. Is that because he poked it with a rock? Probably. No, it's because he sat on that pin that time. Oh, right, of course. Remember that time he sat on that pin? No, I remember a pointy rock. Oh, that's right. Some, I, th- th- he was he was always jabbing stuff into his butt. That was that guy's deal, right? There once was a man named Ducat who sat on, a po- who sat on an exceptionally pointy rock. Hang on, my flow's off. Yeah, no, that's that's all. I'm never going to win that rap battle with Eminem. I th- usually raps aren't done in uh, limerick style. Like I know of one from the really? Beastie Boys, but t- typically there's not a lot of limerick based raps. I do not know as much about rapping as I thought I did. Uh, you don't know very much about rapping. No, I don't. Neither do I. I know about five groups, and that's it. You know but, more about rapping than I do. Yeah, because like one of my favorite groups is a rap group. Yeah, heroes like. Would, but Matt, what about Run DMC? And I'm like, that's true. Yeah. That that would be one of the five. Well spotted. Uh, anyway, we got this uh it's not exactly an email, it's a it's a comment on the website, but that works just as well. Yeah, I'll take it, that. It goes to our inbox. Uh this is from Barkeron, who has written to us before, and he says, You guys should do sliders after you're done with track. Um, well, I don't think we'll be doing that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I didn't want to answer for the both of us, but I'm pretty sure the answer is absolutely not. I listen, um, this might not have become this may not have been clear from the the actual episode, but um we both hate sliders. 
Yeah, it was kind of terrible. Kind of really terrible. Yeah. Like, and I, I, the for the first half of that show, I had my uh, favorite TV show as as a child completely destroyed. You know, mm-hmm. all my all my childhood illusions smashed by the reality of oh, this wasn't very good, and mm-hmm. that was overshadowed by how bad Sliders was. Yep. I mean, like, what would we talk about? How great Rembrandt Brown is? <laughs> that I seems we- unlikely to me. I mean, how long, like, Armist notwithstanding, how long do we usually giggle about a funny name? Like, Balthazar Edison's kind of done. Grappler Zorn lasted a few weeks. Like Mr. Hengist, that took us for a while. Yeah, but, I mean, Rembrandt Brown would not be funny for the whole series, is what I, I'm saying. I, it I would wear out a, eventually. I don't want to live in a world where Rembrandt Brown doesn't bring a smile to my face, and I can tell you that would inevitably happen if we did sliders. Yeah, exactly. I Also, we're pronouncing it wrong. It's sliders. Sliders. Anyway... So I feel like we're this is not doing set that. Set off someone's uh, a- uh, ASMR somewhere. Uh, probably our constant but, uh, sliders. Sliders. If I feel ambitious in editing, I can pan that back and forth from left to right. But I'm probably not going to do that. Ooh, you should do that. <laughs> anyway, we're not doing that. I just I kind of wanted to address that now instead of in three months when we do the next supplemental and we kind of forget and like yeah maybe we'll do that. No, it's still fresh in my head. Absolutely yep. not. No, we 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 f- fuck sliders. <laughs> I don't know if I go that far, but no thank you, Sliders. Now, if we're watching anything, it's going to be that remake of The Outer Limits. Did they do a re? I mean, of course they did, but when when was the most recent remake of The Outer Limits? I know Limits? the nine. I used to watch the 90s uh, Outer Limits remake. I thought it was actually really good. I mean, the 80s revival of Twilight Zone was actually quite good, mm-hmm. and the early 2000s revival of Twilight Zone had its moments. So, I mm-hmm. mean, those things can be. Like, anthologies can be good. Yeah. No, um... I mean, look, it's been a long time since I watched it, but as far as, like, sci-fi horror in the 90s on TV goes, Outer Limits was doing it pretty well. Oh. There's well, a great good. one about with David Hyde Pierce in prison. Huh. That's cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Speaking of prison. Oh, yeah. We got Voyager to talk about. I'm in prison. Although, again, who's that? Skeletor? That's uh, the monarch. Oh. I'm calling you from prison. Happy birthday. I'm in jail. <laughs> Let me tell you some more of my Christmas songs. <laughs> All right, let's let's. Why don't we? Uh, why don't you kick things off with the excellently titled "Dragon's Teeth"? Yeah, you want to hear about some dragon's teeth? No, but I mean, I want to hear what you have to say. But I don't want to <laughs> hear about them otherwise. All right, so five hundred years ago, Snake Face and his girlfriend are watching their entire planet be destroyed. Instead of rocketing their last child to a distant planet, they quote aliens and hop into stasis pods. Oh, fuck. Is this alien Tommy's mommy? (laughs) So stasis ruins everything for everybody. Meanwhile, in the future, by the way, meanwhile, in the future is my absolute favorite line whenever since I started writing paw summaries. It comes up surprisingly often in Star Trek. So Voyager's just fucking stumbling into a filthy fucking wormhole. We talk about how crowded space is in Trek, but the Delta Quadrant is like the universe's fucking lint trap. There's crap everywhere. Then they stumble across some more fucking angry aliens whose faces look like my gross-ass toe. They fight Voyager because Voyager is bad at making friends, and then Voyager hides out on some planet, and they find Snake Face's stasis pod and let that fucker out, and they're all like, Wow! 500 years you've been gone! That sucks! Snake Face shows the crew his freed-dried military, and Chuck's all like, Shit, this is like dragon's teeth. And everyone else is like, No, it isn't, Chuck. Shut up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. And Naomi Wildman's like, I hate Snake Face. And I go, oh, okay, so Snake Face is evil now. That's good to know. And then Snake Face starts defrosting his buddies and getting ready to take over the Delta Quadrant because they used to fucking own the place back in the day. 
So now Voyager's stuck between Snakeface and the enraged armies of Toeface, but then they escape by flying through a ruined city very fast, and Chuck's like, I hope we don't see those fuckers again. But we probably will, because Voyager. Yeah, almost certainly. I mean, mm-hmm. we're constantly moving very fast toward home, but we're going to just keep we're running into the same constantly running into fucking people we know. Oh, look, there's Snakeface again. Hey, Snakeface. <laughs> now, every time you said Snakeface, I thought Snakefish. As well you were supposed to. From the Hole of Justice. He's got, like, a weird, like, I noticed this is the first time he shows up. I actually like the makeup quite a bit, but they got, yeah, like, I like a, him like, and the toe guy, actually. He's He's got, like, a cobra hood thing going yeah. on, like, around his neck. Yeah. I'm pointing at my neck, and you can't see it because this is an audio uh, podcast. No, but we've been doing this for so long that I immediately assumed you were pointing at your neck. Good, good. That's important. You, you had that neck pointing uh, tone of voice. My, my neck tone? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Matt Robotham <laughs> and the neck tones. Which which has a very famous billboard of someone wearing a uh, a turtleneck being yanked off by a tiny dog. <laughs> neck tone. <laughs> I, uh, I like I, that joke. I didn't completely hate this episode. No, it was good. It was pretty good. I like the idea of this other race that ruled the Delta Quadrant like a long time ago and mm. had to go into. And I noticed you said stasis, which I always feel is the correct way to say it or not stasis, which some people insist on stasis, which I believe actually showed up in an early episode. Like, I think that showed up in, in uh space seed. Like, that, yeah. That, that could very well be. Khan's been stuck in stasis for all these years. No. See, the thing is 50 years of constant science fiction now make like we've all decided on pronunciations. But back mm-hmm. then, that might have been new to them. Yep. Uh, stasis. I don't Not know. Not a lot of people knew what stasis was back then. Yeah. I only sort of clear on what it is now. That's what Walt Disney did, right? Like, yeah, you freeze your head. Walt Disney and Dave Lister. Yeah, exactly. I liked um, I but I like the idea of, you know, I, I'm always a fan of like uh, ancient races that there's only a few of them left or they Mm. left an artifact behind or something like that like uh, playing with the idea that space is not only big but also old and lots of stuff happened before you got here i i I just i like stuff that does that Mm. and i like the idea that i mean it was very predictable that these guys started out as possible allies and turned out to be the bad guys that's typical but it, it still overall wasn't a bad story no and I like that they have these weird little like I don't know I don't remember what they called them but like transwarp corridor kind of things like these weird weird little pockets like yeah, artificial they got, like, wormholes weird tunnels that sort of run all over the all over the the quadrant and they could move through them really quickly and Voyager's like can we use those to get home and the aliens are like sure no <laughs> well the idea is that this ancient race built them and then lost a war and most of them died and the rest went into hiding mm-hmm. and in the in the ensuing several hundred years like. All the other civilizations said, oh, cool. You Nobody's using these roads. I'm going to take this. Uh, so score. Free tunnel. Yeah. And, uh, you know, mm. Janeway's always looking for a, a shortcut home. So we, that that gets her involved. Like, it, Hey, Toe guys, can I borrow your, uh, your interstellar road thing for like 30 minutes? Yeah, look, we just want to go one way and then we will never come back. I promise. No, we, get we do out. We not want to be here. <laughs> We're jerks. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, I liked all that. Yeah. It's a, it's a decent setup. I thought it came, to get, came together pretty, pretty well. Yeah. Um, and here's my good thing. Yes. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I, I make an effort to point things out that are good about things I usually complain about. Sure. just Because they're not always bad. And in this case, Neelix was mm-hmm. actually used effectively in this Abs- episode. Absolutely. Like I actually whole- really like his, like, sort of come together on this stuff, you know? 
well, he does the a idea, outside research. But the idea is that these guys were around a long time ago, and they have these wormhole things, so they made it all around the Delta Quadrant, including where the Talaxians were. Mm. And because it was so long ago, all they have is sort of like children's stories and and like weird half-remembered myths and stuff like mm. that. And I like that kind of thing, too, because that happens, you know, here and now. Like, a lot of stuff that we think is just nonsense, little nursery rhymes or whatever are actually based in something, you know, like, or like your creation myths or your flood myths or whatever, yeah. based on a real thing that happened. Mm -hmm. Like, I like, I like using that. And I like the whole point of Neelix was supposed to be right. Here's our guide to the Delta Quadrant. And he did that a little bit from time to time, but they actually did it very effectively here. Yeah. No, I, 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 I actually like, there's a scene where he talks about, um, what is it? Uh, the, the the alien's name like actually means something in his language. Like right, they pick, like they picked it up and it's been around for like five hundred years or whatever. Yeah, it's like no, yeah, I... you guys. The name of your civilization it means what? Uh, stupid jerk for some reason. Yeah, don't don't trust these guys at all. Huh? That that's a weird coincidence well, that we would come up with those exact same syllables to mean that thing. Probably don't need to think about that anymore. No, but he actually did, and. I mean, first of all, he wasn't written super annoying and, and like wacky comic relief clown no. man. So that helped. But he was doing useful things. He was actually contributing. And he, like you say, he went the extra step of actually doing some research mm. and discovering, wait a minute, these guys kind of suck. You guys are not the best. There's a reason that our language has a word for you. And that word is jerk. Because you know what? <laughs> no, wait, you're a jerk. Also, oh. like you said, uh, Naomi Wildman doesn't trust them, and that should be your first clue. Yep. Although her whole thing is just like, they were mean to Neelix, which means that Naomi Wildman would also not trust us if we visited Voyager. <laughs> I guess that's true. I feel like a lot of people wouldn't trust us when we visited Voyager. Uh, yeah, probably. What is your problem with my first officer? Well, he's boring. So? <laughs> uh, we'd like you to meet our first officer, Mr. Chakotay. Okay. <laughs> Here we fucking go. I uh, better get this over with. <sighs> you guys swear a lot, too. Well, <laughs> we sure fucking do. <laughs> you drive us to that. I'm sorry. but uh, 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 Look, Voyager can't take responsibility for my poor my poor use of language. I, I definitely think that my swearing, like, I try to temper it. It's mm -hmm. hard because you're a bad influence, but... Uh, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I love cursing. <laughs> it's not that I don't love it. I just, I... I have this thought that I, I like to save it. Like mm -hmm. I like it. I, I need something. I need big guns yeah. when I'm really angry or I'm really trying to make a point. I want there to be words there. And if I just throw fuck around all the time, then I got nothing. Like then I need a new word that means I'm very angry or very passionate about. This. Yeah. No one's invented a good new word. That's not like specifically hurtful to someone. Right. We need and a new fuck. Yeah, exactly. I, I think wasn't that a uh, wasn't that a, uh, a, a, a Huey Lewis song? Yes, I want a new fuck. Right. That was not very good, me. You could do better than that step. It, it was fine. The problem was that it took... It, it, the problem was stumbling over the band name. Well, yeah. I think it would play way better in the second take. Oh, that's fair. Uh, we never do second takes here. No, of course not. God. <laughs> that's more time we'd have to spend talking about Voyager. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, since we started talking about Voyager, I feel like my, my cursing has definitely increased because uh, <clears throat> fuck this show. Hey, you want to watch Voyager? Fuck no. No, but I have gotten to the point where as soon as we hang up and I edit the show, I watch next week so I don't have mm -hmm. to think about it for a week. <laughs> there, done. 
now. Now I can I, do fun things. I can and go use, and go back to teaching yourself how to juggle. Anything, Which literally. I assume anything. is what you get up to when I'm not around. Yeah. Hey, I could clean the bathroom. That's got to be better than this. Sure. Or anything. Anyway, what was your good thing about this episode? Love that fucking action sequence down on the planet. I we do not get cool like running battle through like an old abandoned city on uh, on Star Trek very often. Honestly, I'm watching. I'm like, you guys got some fucking Star Wars shit in my Star Trek. Yeah, they did. Um, and. I think part of that is because Voyager can land Mm -hmm. like on the other shows you had shuttles go to the planet or runabouts and like those things aren't armed very well and they're Mm -hmm. not shielded very well. So you couldn't have a a believable big battle, but you got the whole ship down there. You can do that. Yeah, that scene is just kick ass as hell. It is. And you got the extra advantage of we're well into the era where they can make believable computer generated stuff. So. Mm -hmm. They can pull it off. They don't have to build a million models. They can do most of that in the computer, and like it looked really good. Mm-hmm. That being said, every time Voyager lands now, I just keep thinking of Tom Paris's he- feet dangling out the bottom. <laughs> We're landing, Paris. Oh, son of a bitch. Okay. No, no, he what? designed it that way because of that great 20th century show, The Flintstones, <laughs> which he's oh. a big fan of. Oh God, there's a holodeck program I want to watch. Uh, I want to watch them go on. <laughs> what the Flintstones? Yeah, the Flintstones. Now, would they be interacting with cartoons Roger Rabbit style, or would it be like live action, like the John Goodman movie? That's what I'm trying to figure. I I, I feel like it would be the like the John Goodman movie. Uh huh. But I would prefer it th- like them just walking around in fucking like that weird repeating Flintstones background where he, like whenever there was a chase scene, it was just that lamp going by in the background. Well, I mean, really, that's how the holodecks is supposed to work, anyway. Mm-hmm. Like. It, you're only in a small room, so it's supposed to, like, scroll the same background to make it look like you're moving. Mostly, I just want to watch Paris Bowl with an armadillo. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, Paris God. Go, Did you see the, the Flintstones comic? Uh-huh. Uh, which is surprisingly good. It's so good. You, um, I, you, I, I read the first six issues uh, mm. last week after you gave them to me. It's so fucking good. Yeah, and they did the they did a really bleak joke with the uh, armadillo uh, mm-hmm. uh, bowling ball, <laughs> and I think the elephant uh, vacuum cleaner. Yep. And they're just locked in the closet together, talking about how it's horrible. They have to sit in darkness ninety percent of the time, and then they get pulled out and tortured, and then shoved back in the closet. And yep. it's like, wow, that wow. is. This is like they're they're touching on some like BoJack Horseman stuff there. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. I just I could not believe I was reading a comic with Joe Rockhead on a suicide hotline. Yep. And it was funny still. Like, it oh, was yeah. Bleak, but it was still funny. No, that, that comic is great. It is. Uh, anyway. Um, that's, what I, that's, what, that's what the show after Star Trek, after we finish Trek's about. <laughs> the Flintstones comic? We're just going to read this Flintstones comic. Yeah, that's fine. We're not going to summarize it or anything. It's just you and me reading it and laughing. Yeah. And since I have digital copies, you just hear maybe my, me scrolling. Like, there's yep. not even a page turning. Just, you know. That's it's it. going to be real good. Look forward to it. Yeah, in 2080 when we're finished with Voyager. Yeah, we're calling it It's a Living. Yeah. <laughs> no, you would call it the post-atomic It's a Living. <laughs> That's a terrible title. You're right. Let's go with it. <laughs> I mean, I would much prefer to sit silently and read comics than, than talk about sliders. <sighs> sliders. Uh, what was your bad thing about dragon's teeth? Flintstones. <laughs> Made the Flintstones. <laughs> uh, I feel like Cracking this stasis pod and bringing this alien race back after 500 years is kind of weirdly against the Prime Directive. 
I don't know. I mean, they, I guess they were spacefaring 500 years ago, so that's sort of covered. But it just seems like a bad idea, and Janeway didn't do any research on who Snakeface was before just cracking his stasis box open. It just seems like a bad yeah, idea. The thing is, she didn't do it. Seven did. Oh, that's right. And Seven did. Janeway said, what are you doing? Don't do that. So just, it wasn't any of the Starfleet guys who did it. It's it like they Seven's, go down. They they go down because they find a life a life sign. Uh huh. Well, no, no, they go down because they're fleeing the guys who are uh, who are kicking them out of the the space tunnel. Well, yeah, but once they pick up the life sign, they're like, okay, well, we got to rescue this person. Yeah, that's what sends them to that specific. Which part you know, of the that's planet, the Starfleet yeah. way. That's cool. Yeah, but you know, you find a stasis pod with with fucking some rando sitting in it. Like the last time that happened in Star Trek, it wasn't. The, it didn't turned out to not be the best thing. Right. No, that's not true. The last time it happened might have been the neutral zone. I guess it's true. Some jerk ruined our fucking Genesis project, though. Yeah, that that is a good point. No, I don't know. Uh, uh, Kirk's son Skippy kind of ruined the Genesis project, but I get your point. Well, yes. With his sweater tied around his neck. Thanks for nothing, Skippy. Yeah. Why don't you go back to Tennis Academy? (laughs) The last time it happened, it was uh, the neutral zone. You You even referenced that in your summary. Yes, Tommy's mommy. With Tommy. Are you Tommy? Do you know where Tommy is? I'm Shut trying to find Tommy. Tommy. The Romulans are here. Go away. But but I have to find Tommy and then have the, and then appear in like three different books or something. Did you say the Tomulans? No, the Romulans. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, it was Seven who opened the thing and Janeway was really mad at her. Yeah, well, fucking don't do that. I, I mean, that's her scientific curiosity. Mm. That's her like, oh, look, a thing. Like, don't touch that. Hey, 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 we don't know who Snakeface is. Leave him alone. And see, this is why it's good, like, this is the lesson that DS9 learned. It's good to have at least a couple of people along who aren't Starfleet. Because mm. then you don't have to make your Starfleet guys break the rules or or think bad thoughts or whatever. You can stay true to that whole optimistic Gene Roddenberry thing. But you can also get stories moving mm. like this, because... Seven doesn't have to follow those rules. Quark, you opened up that stasis pod and didn't need to. I thought I saw a nickel in it. <laughs> I wanted to steal his boots. <laughs> oh, I miss those guys. Yeah, me too. Also, Quark going, I thought I saw a nickel makes me really happy <laughs> for some reason. Yep. <laughs> I'm just fucking, now I'm just picturing Quark at, like, the Lucy's psychiatry stand. <laughs> Well, I mean, for for a large portion of DS Nine, there was no counselor. Nope. So he saw the uh, he saw the gap, like he saw the need in the market, and he filled it. Ah, I love that clinking, clanking sound. <laughs> you blockhead! <laughs> no, I won't pull the football away. What? No, come on, Odo, kick the football. There comes good old Odo, good old reliable Odo. How oh, I hate him. That tree just ate my kite. I'm not really <laughs> happy right now. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. That oh, be. okay. I mean, look, this is this is one of those dumb things that we're pretty good at. Let's, let's take uh-huh. two things and put them together and then put them on a shirt with a TARDIS. Yep. We do yeah, that we, better than anyone else. Yeah, we keep not doing that last part, and that's why we're not rich. Yep. Fucking TARDIS. Yeah. Anyway, um... I mean, someone had to get the story moving, and I feel like Seven is, you know, mm-hmm. that wasn't a bad choice. All right. But you're right. They shouldn't, like, they really shouldn't have gotten into all this. Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk about the whole dragon's teeth analogy. Yeah, that's a, I, 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 I think I've heard that myth before, but it's not like, first of all, it's Hydra's teeth, I think. 
could be. I mean, he said it was from Greek, so. Yeah. Like, I don't think. Were there dragons in I Greek mythology? I don't think there's dragons in. I could be wrong about this, but I don't think there's yeah, there I, were, like dragons in Greek mythology. I don't like certainly not famous enough that you or I, who are only passingly familiar with them, know mm. them. Like there might have been, you know, it might be a deep cut somewhere. Yeah. I, but there's no famous dragon that I know of. Yeah. So, no, I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure it's Hydra's teeth. Hmm. So you, you take one tooth out and two more grow? Yeah, you take one out, two more grow, but then you put the tooth in the ground and that grows into a uh, into an army. A tooth tree? Yeah. A, a, hydras are very complicated monsters. Apparently so. Um, but the, the, the idea is they go down to this facility that, you know, this underground bunker where there's all these ships and everything. Mm. And dragon's teeth means like the remnants of a, like a, an army. Like mm. this is, this is what's left over. They still have a bunch yeah. of stuff waiting to fight again. And like, it just Look. felt weird for Chicote to say that. Look at all these dragon teeth just lying around. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's great. Chicote. Everyone's just look, giving him the side eye. Like, is that a is that a Native American? I don't think. Oh, he said Greek. Okay, well, that right. that's something. I don't know. Hey, I know about other things. Okay. I, I mean, do you? In theory, that's true. We haven't okay. seen much evidence of that, but you know. All right, I guess Chicote. <laughs> hmm. uh, my my bad thing. The guy that you called Snake Face. Yeah, Snake Face. Uh, his name is Gedrin. Uh huh. Which I've I've been keeping a tally of the bad '90s sci-fi names, and that might be my new least favorite. That's pretty bad. Gedrin. Gedrin. Yeah, no, I'll stick with Snake Face. Thanks. Yeah, I w- I I would have as well. I would have used a different name as well. Mm-hmm. Probably not Maybe. Snake Face, but something. no, you would have called her Debbie Sliders. <laughs> no, we're not talking about that anymore. <laughs> I'm I, I'm thinking of enacting the uh, Deadly Games gag order on that. <laughs> I think making up names for characters that I refuse to learn the actual name of might be my favorite thing to do now. Uh, it's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. I just, like, my only thing, because I want people to listen to the show, is maybe the first time you say it, tell them who you actually mean. And then after mm. that, never again. But <laughs> at, at least give them a chance to keep to follow along. But what about Snakeface? Well, you, you mentioned it, and I, I just, I gave them the answer. It's Gedrin. Mm-hmm. Gedrin. And isn't uh, Snakeface much better? Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point, when they're when they're first approaching the the ruined city, they say it's been uh, it, it's a lot of gamma radiation. I was really hoping it was just swarming with hulks. Oh, that would have been amazing. But sadly, no. Mm. Fucking, we can't go down. We can't go down there, Chicote. It's they've got they've got a shit ton of hulks. Yep. Just just Hulk after Hulk, and then Neelix becomes a Hulk. That would make me happy too. No, actually, let me let me try that again. Tuvok becomes a Hulk, and Neelix calls him Mr. Hulkin. <laughs> oh, well. Much better. Yes. Nailed it. Oh, dear. <laughs> How's it going, um, Mr. Hulkin? Tuvok smash. Uh, what else? Uh, uh, oh, oh the, the yeah. dude's... Oh. The toe dudes that you mentioned, yes, uh, have this whole thing where, like, no, you you stumbled into our corridor. Now we have to take your ship and erase our record, like records mm. of us from your computer. How many times have we seen that? A lot. Like aliens who are paranoid and xenophobic and want to come on the ship and delete records. Like that never works. Yeah. Stop it. Just take someone's word for the fact that they'll just be quiet. Yeah. That's just, sh- just shut up. Just. Yeah. Ugh. 
No, we need to get on your ship and poke around and take your shit away. No, yep. you don't. No get one's on your ship and poke around and poke around. No one's going to steal your stupid tunnels. <laughs> I just want to go home. I don't yeah. want your tunnels. I don't care. I don't care anymore. I just wanted to get out of the stupid Delta Quadrant. God damn it. Yeah, enough. Enough Delta Quadrant. Do you know how much time I had to spend fucking around with the Kazon? I'm so done with this stupid quadrant. <laughs> yeah, their their language has the word Kazon. Just means ugh. <laughs> That's the direct translation of the name Kazon. It means he who jumps over the barrel. <laughs> Yeehaw. <laughs> uh, anything else? Uh, um, yeah. Uh, my quote. There's a weird aliens reference in this. Oh, yeah. I don't know when, if it, it doesn't have to be an alien reference, but it probably is. I guess not, but, like, it certainly, it felt like one to me. Yeah. Uh, even, like, so, uh, uh, Snakeface and Mrs. Snakeface go into, uh, into Stasis, and, This sure uh, sounds like a setup for a joke. Snakeface <laughs> is Mrs. Snakeface. <laughs> <laughs> Walk into a bar, bartender's uh-huh. like, why the long Snakeface? <laughs> um... I don't know. And then fucking she dies, which is uh-huh. she dies in stasis. He he wakes up five hundred years later, and I'm like, oh, this is Aliens three. Yeah, she's then, she's just newt. And I'm like, oh man, I wish I was watching Aliens three. Yeah, I like that movie. Like it it gets the uh, it it usually gets dismissed as disappointing, but I quite enjoyed it. I like all all four of those Alien movies. Um, you mean five? I haven't seen five the. Prometheus. Oh, Prometheus. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I guess there's a, that's an aliens movie. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but I mean, like those four original aliens movies are all great. Yeah, it's only until I, they start fighting predators that they're fucking terrible. All right, those happened as movies, didn't they? Yeah, I they did. Those exist. That. Yeah, I, and like two of them. Too, they, right? There were yeah, a fucking someone made two different Alien versus Predator movies. I could not believe it. I, were they any good? I assume not. No, no, they were not good. Okay. I mean, I remember the old Dark Horse comics back in the day, but... Uh, yeah, no, some of those are good. I've got some good Alien vs. Predator comics, but those movies are terrible. I uh, Yeah, which is weird, because, I mean, it seems like they wouldn't be, but it's, it, from what I understand, they focused on the people mostly, right? Again, like, yes, they're all... Uh, it's all about fucking Brian Cranston's stupid son. <laughs> Brian Cranston's stupid son ruins movies. You mean, um, you mean Walter Jr.? Have an A one day, that guy? Oh, man, I wish. That would be great. Yeah, this is bullshit. Oh, good, Flynn is here. (laughs) Call me Flynn. All right, anything else? (laughs) No. All right. Unless you want to talk about Breaking Bad some more. Uh, That would be good, but uh, (laughs) we we could do the post-atomic blue meth. Is it post-atomic Heisenberg? I feel like there's one here, and I'm almost on it. Mm. It could just be the Jesse Pinkman show, the post-atomic bitch. (laughs) All right, moving forward now to One Small Step. We open on a manned mission to Mars in the mid-21st century, leading me to cringe in anticipation of some time travel bullshit, but somehow, impossibly, this never happens. It's just a normal flashback showing a thing that happened before now, which is relevant to our story. That's right, I'm now praising Voyager for using one of the most fundamentally simple narrative tricks on television. So Mars astronaut guy, who we know is a typical citizen of Earth in the near future because he's obsessed with baseball, Mm -hmm. encounters a kind of anomaly thing and is never heard from again. 
And now in the present of the future, which is Matt's favorite thing to say. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, in the future, uh, Voyager is encountering the same damn thing. So naturally, the astronaut dude is in there. He's possessed with dream powers or something, right? Again, no. It's the same anomaly, and his space capsule is inside the thing, but he's long since turned into a skeleton, which is another expression of Matt's. <laughs> this is a good week fact, for me. Yeah. In fact, apart from the unlikely coincidence of finding yet another tiny piece of debris from the Alpha Quadrant, this episode contains no mumbo-jumbo, no shenanigans, and no impishness, knavery, or devilment of any kind. <laughs> I, I had to look up uh, synonyms for shenanigans. I was kind of running out there. Those are all very good synonyms for shenanigans. Yeah, it's pretty... Uh, a shout-out to thesaurus.com for that. I'm going to bring in knavery into my regular vocabulary at this point. <laughs> Uh, a Delta Flyer detachment consisting of Seven, Chuck, and Tom head into the anomaly and discover the lost Earth ship as well as Seven's lost sense of wonder. They escape the thing and manage to recover the astronaut's corpse, which they give a proper funeral to and shoot right back out into space, which just leaves me wondering why they didn't just throw it on ice and take it back to Earth. I mean, I realize resources are limited on Voyager, but they're not actually limited, are they? I mean, that's just the thing we tell Harry so he won't fill up on replicator candy and spoil his dinner, right? <laughs> Seriously, like, they found one of, like, not like the Neil Armstrong, but close to it. One of oh, the very yeah. first astronauts on Mars is yeah. a pretty big historical deal the to dude, space the, travelers. Yeah, the dude is like a hero. Yeah, and they found his body. Mm -hmm. Like, like putting aside our usual complaint that the Delta Quadrant is just full of crap, and of course they did. Mm -hmm. Like, that that's just amazing why don't you bring him home why did you shoot him right back out into space well here's the thing starfleet's always always doing like nautical shit right yeah you know how there there's a there's a superstition in old uh in old ships about uh, keeping a corpse on the ship oh is there it's bad luck oh, i thought that was uh, i thought that was albatrosses uh, that too. You can't have albatrosses or corpses. Oh man, so many rules at sea. Oh god, it's it, it's like it, it's like you can't even have like a like a twelve month trip to the new world. You know, like everything's got to be a whole to do. Oh, not even that. You can't even have a three hour tour. A oh. three hour tour. A three hour tour. Look, the weather started getting rough. I so. And the entire problem was that Gilligan was keeping a corpse on the damn ship. Oh, well, that would do it. And the skipper was all like, Gilligan, and then he took See, his hat off. They never, maybe that was included in the rest in the early version of the uh, the theme yep. song, because I, I don't remember the corpse. but Yeah, uh, you know, the movie star and the corpse. Right. That makes total sense. No, I don't know. Like, I would think th these guys wouldn't be superstitious like that, but. I, I would know. think that too, but, you know, like. The, the second in command is talking about dragon's teeth, so mm -hmm. uh, they probably are. Well, you know. Corpses are a good way to lure dragons onto the end or onto uh, Voyager. Okay, whatever you say, Chuck. I mean, you were keeping, uh, you know, you were keeping a serial killer, a live serial killer, on board. Mm. I would think a corpse would probably hurt no one. But yep. what do I know? I, whatever. Yeah. No, I, I actually quite like this episode, and, oh, yeah. and as I alluded to in my summary, I kept expecting some stupid Voyager twist to ruin it, and it never did. It was just mostly kind of a simple story about here's a thing that happened years ago, and this weird alien thing is back. Mm -hmm. I kind of like that. Yeah. No, it's, I, it, it's that thing like you liked with the Doomsday Machine, where you don't know where it came from. It's just a weird space alien thing. thing. Traveling through space. Yeah, I like that. I, yeah. it's same with the uh, probe from Star Trek Four. Like, yeah, I don't want them to overdo this, but every now and then you just find some weird shit out there, and you don't know. Like, 
you don't get a speech in the last act that tells you where it came from. It's just mysterious. No, it's one of the things I like about Trek. The, uh, like, the universe being big and full of weird crap. And just sometimes we stumble upon weird crap that wants to Well, the thing is, like, half the episodes are that premise. But then, inevitably, you have someone give you a long speech about where it came from. And I like when we don't get that. No, like, what would more likely happen most of the time is that we would encounter these things and just go, I don't know what the fuck that is. Yeah. It's big and weird and cool, but I don't know what the fuck it is. It's currently causing me problems, which I have now extricated myself from, but Mm -hmm. I'm no closer to knowing what it is. Yeah, it fucking showed up, ate a planet, yelled at a a whale, and then fucked off. Yeah. In this case, it stole our astronaut and a bunch of other stuff and fucked off. And I like the idea is that in the 21st century, this guy got sucked into this thing. He stayed alive for quite some time before Mm. he finally died. Um but I mean, he, he made a go of it for quite some time. And inside this thing, he found evidence that there was alien life because mm-hmm. he saw other things that had been sucked into it. But because he was trapped in here and on his way to the Delta Quadrant, he never got to tell anyone. I love that so much. The, uh, you know, finding out that alien life existed like way, way before. Yeah, this uh, first is contact. Th- this is technically first contact. This is like the first time uh, like I, you know. A reputable Earth person has seen actual evidence of aliens. Well, Al, I'm sorry to tell you this, but actually First Contact was when uh, uh, Quark's spaceship went back in time. Oh, come on. No, there, like, there's before that, there must be. Like, First I mean, Contact. The, the original Enterprise, well, they mostly went to the 60s. Did we go to any place before the four? Yeah, the... Um... The the time traveler. Time like, me- traveler. Meeting Mark Twain was First Contact. Were there aliens that went back to meet Mark Twain? Did Worf go back to meet Mark Twain? No, but those aliens who were sucking the Oh, that's right, the life fucking stupid out. vampire aliens. Sorry, I, I make a point of not thinking about Broken Arrow anymore. Uh, no, you, well, yeah, to the point that you don't remember its title, which is Time's Arrow. Time's Arrow. I'm thinking of something else. Broken Arrow, I think, was a John Woo movie? Broken Bow is the first episode of Enterprise. I don't know why I know that. I don't know. You just know things. I don't know why I know that. I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, I like I like this episode. I, I really like the guy who played the astronaut. Actually. Oh yeah, he was great, and he was barely in it, and he was almost entirely like making log entries on his own. Like he wasn't acting off of anyone; it was just him. That is actually that is a dude I I liked so much. I would be fine with him like being the main character in a show about uh, astronauts on Mars. Yeah, that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Like if they did a, a prequel series about like the earliest days of like NASA turning into Starfleet kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, like, like not Enterprise, but before that. Yeah. Like, we're talking about, like, way old. Yeah. I, I don't know, like, because the timeline, like, I want to say, and I could be wrong, but I want to say Enterprise takes place in the late 21st, early 22nd century, something I think like that. So, like, yeah. I don't think it was that much later than this, is what I'm saying. Isn't it like a hundred something years before original series or something? Yeah, which was in the 23rd century. Yeah. So, so that would put it, like I said. Uh, yeah. But. But the thing is, Enterprise happened after the uh, World War Three and the post-atomic horror, TM. Um, so this was before that. Like, this mm-hmm. was, Earth was still like it is now, like, different nations and, and like, NASA's trying to push out into the solar system. Mm-hmm. But then World War Three happens and kind of sets things back for a while, and then mm-hmm. Zephyrin Cochran. So, yeah, this is an interesting period to me. Yeah. Thanks, Zephyrin. Yeah. Zephyrin. Drunken idiot. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I, and again, it takes a really special actor to pull off the, I'm by myself, like 
just like all you're hearing is my log entries and still yeah. be likable and interesting, but he totally did it. Mm-hmm. It's it's that Tom Hanks and Castaway thing. Like, yeah, or uh, The Martian. Yeah, exactly. Those movies both would have been not interesting if the actors like couldn't hold your attention. Yeah, but they did. So, yeah. So thanks, guy. Good work. Yeah. Um, Whoever the fuck you were. <laughs> I forget his name. I probably should have written that down. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, Space Snake Face. <laughs> <laughs> he did like baseball, though. Uh-huh. Which is like some weird Star Trek thing, but I thought baseball went extinct by this point. Yeah. He actually, he actually, actually. Even, uh, he actually name checks uh, Buck Bokai, who is the uh, uh, player that uh, Cisco really yeah. admired. Good um, old Buck Bokai. Who like conjured him up in one of those stupid aliens make your dreams come true episodes. Yep. Was that it? Wishes were horses, I think. I think so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because they weren't all good on DS9. Oh, yeah, just in case your memory of DS9 is a, a purely brilliant show. Like, no, there were some duds, too. Yeah. One time wishes were horses. <laughs> One time Rumpelstiltskin showed up. Oh. And he was mm-hmm. almost a leprechaun. Yeah. But Colmini yelled Colmini, at somebody. Colmini, fuck no. Yeah. Hey, Colm, or... we want you to fight a leprechaun this week. Uh, yeah. no. I want you to go fuck yourself. How about that? I don't, I don't think that will be happening. Nope. And let's not forget Ala Moraine. Oh, God, that's right. The first terrible episode of of, uh, DS9. No, I don't know about that even, but it was Mm. very early. Might not have been the very first, but it might have been. I don't remember. I just remember there were a couple of weeks in Deep Space Nine where we were like, this show's never going to get bad. How did we? Yeah. But then it was like, did we remember this wrong? Mm -hmm. Because this is just as dumb as like anything from late next gen. (laughs) Anyway, uh, what was your good thing about this episode? Man, I am so glad that Chuck's obsession with getting the module wasn't due to Chuck being possessed by Space Ghost. Uh-huh. Excuse me, by a Space Ghost. Space Ghost! It's just it's just him being an idiot and making a bad call. That's done more to humanize the character than any other episode of this fucking show. Absolutely. Like you talked about, you you talked about this with Neelix, and like when I when something happens that makes me actually take an interest in Chakotay, like I want to make a point of it, and just the fact that this is all due to him wanting to see this space module, wanting to get on this space module, is so cool to me. Yeah, he's like you got you always got someone in your Star Trek shows, sometimes more than one, who are into Earth history. I mean, you mm-hmm. already got Paris, but he's more into pop culture stuff. Yeah. But Chakotay, like, and we've we've mentioned this before. This isn't one of those out of nowhere things. He's kind of into anthropology and like uh, old history you know, and old civilizations and yeah. that kind of thing. And like this, and plus, I imagine a Starfleet guy would be into the history of like how did we get to space? What you know? What were the steps? Because I mean, I knew a lot of military guys when I worked with mm-hmm. the military that were, loved military history. It's a thing you kind of get into when you're into the culture. So yeah, no, there, it makes there's sense. a there's a line in the episode where uh, Chuck's talking to Seven, just like, no, everyone on the ship's super interested in this module, and I'm briefly like, really, everybody, and then it's like, well, no, if you're in Starfleet, you're probably super into exploration and like old yeah. old uh, space stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Like and that actually makes a lot of sense. And there's a, there's a nice little scene where Chuck and Tom are almost trying to top each other. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm really into this guy. Well, I'm really into this guy. Well, he's my personal hero. No, he was my personal hero first because I'm older. <laughs> I thought that was kind of nice. But um, no, just the, the entire thing is just like Chuck just disobeys a direct order from the captain just so he can get this thing. And right. it fucks up and it like 
you know, there's a great scene where Seven just chews him out, just like, no, this, this did not need to happen. You just needed to get this thing. And I'm like, this is great. And that actually ties into my good thing. Mm -hmm. Seven's arc is why are all these humans into this thing? Who cares? Yeah. But the thing is, her arc is learning the difference between exploring, which is what these guys are into, the, mm -hmm. the passionate looking at things and figuring out what it means and all that versus just gathering data, which yeah. is just kind of taking pictures and cataloging it. And Kate gives a speech, which is actually my quote, and I'll, I'll play that here. Searching for the command module seems more sentimental than scientific. I can't argue with that. If scientific knowledge was all we were after, then the Federation would have built a fleet of probes, not starships. Exploration is about seeing things with your own eyes. In this case, we're exploring the past. How will retrieving this artifact enhance your appreciation of history? By making us part of it. In the same way that excavating the obelisks of ancient Vulcan or finding the Shroud of Kalis made those explorers part of their history. <sighs> Here's the crux of it. As a Borg, you didn't study the past. You ingested it. You've never really developed an appreciation for humanity's history. I just, I love that. I love, yeah, if if we just wanted to learn stuff, we could send out probes. We want to be here and see it and touch it and talk to it. And I, I like that she, like, by the end of the episode, she learns that. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, Chuck is a little, takes it a little too far, but she still, like, it's, it's a nice, it's a nice sort of double whammy because you get a little extra dimension to Chakotay. But you also get Seven coming a little further along in her humanity thing. Because mm -hmm. what is the point of all of this? What is the point of getting the data? Just to have the data? Like, you need to learn what it means. You need to interact with it. You need to see it, you know? And, like, I don't know. I really like her learning that lesson. It was Yeah, absolutely. And it was super Star Trek. Oh, yeah. Like, that's that's that fundamental we're here. No, because this is what humans, this is why we're here. This great. is why, yeah. But not in a not in a, uh, a smug future man way either. Like no, like in a no. There's cool stuff out there and we out there and we want to look at it. Yeah, look, this guy thought so, and yeah. uh, you know he died doing it, but he still did something nobody did before, and yep. it's pretty cool. Good work, skeleton. Yeah, sorry we're throwing you away. <laughs> but like uh, near the end, she's watching his um, uh, log entries. Mm-hmm. Is what I was talking about a minute ago, where he's just acting by himself, giving yep. monologues, basically. And it's it's the steady, like, uh, he makes, I think, a reference to, like, Jonah getting swallowed by the whale. But, like, yep. I, you know, well, I'm stuck here. Well, I'm still stuck here. Hey, there might be aliens. I'm probably not going to make it out of here. This sucks. I, it was just interesting to watch her realize, oh, mm. I get it. Humanity. Yeah. I liked it. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. Um, what was your bad thing? Yeah, getting back to Chuck and his defying a direct order from the captain, mm -hmm. and of course there are going to be no yeah, consequences. To, to be at clear, all. to be clear, they go into the thing. Uh, they get into some danger. Janeway says, "Come on, get out of there now before things go horribly wrong." And mm -hmm. he just ignores that and yeah. continues on. Doesn't even give her the whole. What's that, Captain? You're breaking up. Yeah. No, he just like turns off the uh, turns off the radio. No, we're not doing that. But like, like he almost got himself and two other crew members and the Delta Flyer killed. 
Yep. And like, it's not going to matter. Like, th- we'll never hear about this again. Like, at the very least, he should be like demoted and washing hollow latrines with Ensign Paris. But yeah, but uh, come on, Ensign Paris has been an ensign for almost a season now. That happened mid last season, and it's still nothing. Like, mm-hmm. they address him as ensign from time to time, and I oh, like every time you'll see in my notes. Oh yeah, he's an ensign. Like, it yeah. doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It's just like this is a big like it's a big deal to just not do what the captain says. It should yes. be a big deal, and especially it, in a life threatening situation. Like if it's a it, push yeah. that button and I didn't push that button, well, okay, slap on the wrist. But yeah, no, like this if this a, yeah. if this was TNG or DS Nine, uh, this episode would end with someone getting yelled at in uh, the captain's office. But uh, no, uh, well, Chuck is you know, yeah, yeah, Chuck, Chuck. he's Chuck. Mm-hmm. But it's just like annoying. You said, like you said, he did like I don't I don't mind him disobeying as as part of the effort of humanizing him a bit, giving him some dimension. But mm-hmm. yeah, there still should have been consequences. No, I agree completely. I think that's great. But yeah, they're like this this means something. This is important. Yeah. Also, it could like it could add a whole layer to you know, when I brought you on, I took a chance because you guys are rebels. Yeah. But you said you would fall in line and, and follow orders, and you're not doing that. Yeah, like, like okay, you could have that whole angle yeah. to it. But, you know, like, nothing. It doesn't matter. None of it fucking matters. Yep. Wow. And I, I the- hate that. Like, you know, it, it really smears a good episode like this where that I'm actually enjoying when it's over. And it's just like, well, what about the what about all this shit? Like, you know, see, this is important. There are certain things, and that's one of them, where if an episode does something, but the episode was good anyway, I'll kind of ignore it. This is one of those times. Like, yeah, I know he disobeyed orders, but I really like this one. So, yeah. eh, whatever. And this is no. one of those rare times we've run into this less than 10 times so far, I would say. But mm-hmm. I would call this good for Star Trek, not just good for Voyager. Yeah. Like, that's how good it was. Like, this would end up on a top Trek list, not just like yeah. a top. Not, uh, not like, oh, well, I mean, grading on a steep curve because Voyager, mm-hmm. this is pretty good. No, hey, this is genuinely right good Star Trek. For you. Yeah. Buddy. Good for a girl captain. <laughs> I don't mean that, but the joke nope. was lying there. I couldn't not pick it yeah. up. But it, like, I could ignore the uh, no consequences for for his disobedience, and I could even ignore oh, yet another thing from the Alpha Quadrant we just happened to find mm. because the episode was so good. Like those are two big red flags that would annoy me in another episode, but in here yeah. it didn't. At this point, I'm not even processing when they run into shit from the Alpha Quadrant. It's just like, oh yeah, sure. It's fucking Klingon like, license plate, whatever. <laughs> what are the odds, though? Apparently very good. Now, here's, here's you could, like, I mean, this is always me trying to fix this show, which we mm. do this a lot. But maybe, I mean, I think Barge of the Dead should just shouldn't exist because it was a garbage episode. But if you had to do that 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 story, maybe do this episode first and they reclaim a bunch of crap from inside there. Yeah. And one of the things could be the Klingon thing. Then yeah, it's not two different. Them, every time yeah. you want to do that, you can just have them digging through the, the pile yeah. again. Like, oh, we managed to reclaim a bunch of Alpha Quadrant stuff that we're going to take back home with us. Mm-hmm. And every now and then you have someone digging through it and finding something that kicks off a story. Yeah, that's a good idea. Then it's not five coincidences. It's just one thing you ran into and, you know, they're and all it related. Keeps mattering, yeah. yeah. But that would that would imply continuity. Yeah, we can't have that. No, got to hit the big reset button. Although... My bad thing pertains to setting up story stuff, like actual serialized running stuff. Mm-hmm. I know this because I know what happens in later episodes, like from 
talking to listeners, talking to uh, some of our guests, talking like reading that uh, 50 year mission book. Yep. But even without that information, I could still tell they're trying to start to lay the groundwork for Seven and Chuck being a thing, like a romantic thing. And I am not buying it. Nope. Like, there's some good dialogue, and Jerry Ryan lifts her half, but Mm. Beltran gives us nothing. It's the usual Robert Beltran thing. He just doesn't care. Yeah, and the whole point of chemistry is that both people have to have good interaction with each other. Yeah. And... She's got some pretty good snappy dialogue, and he's just like, yeah, whatever. And it's like, uh, are they trying it, to set up a bickering, like, couple thing here? Because he's, uh. I just, like, one of the things that really bugs me is Robert Bell, and this is all in the 50-year mission, is Robert Beltram talking about how they never gave him anything to do. Dude, yeah. they are giving you things to do. Yeah, here you got a double whammy. You mm-hmm. got you got a character-driven thing that reveals something about your past and also moves the plot forward. Yeah. And you got uh, the beginning of what could be a, a romantic relationship. Yeah. Uh, and why aren't like, you showing up? Yeah. Like, it's Hail This isn't fault the writer's here. fault this eh, time. Eh, I don't Sometimes care. it's the writing. Sometimes it's the performing. This is definitely the performing. The writing yeah. was there. Absolutely. It's just irritating. Yeah. And we've mentioned this before, but he's like, there's that whole thing in the 50-year mission where it's a chicken and egg thing where he's like, yeah, I didn't really show up because they didn't really write me anything. Yeah, we didn't write him anything because he didn't really show up. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Well, uh, yeah. Voyager, damn it, god damn it. Well, it, it can't hurt us anymore. I mean, it can. but It I mean, will continue to do so for another year. Yeah, but we can't stop it from like it's it's inevitable it's already heading toward like disaster mm-hmm. we can't stop it it's already yeah. done it has happened right also yeah another season but not mm-hmm. another year we are That's done right. we are done with voyager uh with the show that posts on june 5th unless something happens mm-hmm. that's how close we are i got i know the date now wow we gotta break out the noisemakers six months no because then we're mo- going then we're going right into enterprise so. yeah oh god that's right which is just more of the same. Like, Out of the Andorian fire and into the... What's a boring version of fire? <laughs> well, you don't get go out of a fire into another fire. What's a boring... I guess a frying pan is a pretty boring version of a frying pan. Yeah. Frying pans aren't very interesting. Um, no, not really. <laughs> I like I was... that you had to think about it for some like... No, I'm desperately searching my mental database. Of fi- find uh, interesting examples of frying pans. No, not found. <laughs> I guess people hitting each other with them in cartoons? I don't even think that's interesting anymore. No, probably not. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Not interesting. Nope. Um, the show is a frying pan. <laughs> in, much the th- in much the way that the Enterprise was a fire truck, Voyager <laughs> right. is a frying pan. Yep. And I guess that makes Enterprise the fire? Uh, I guess, yeah. The fire in which we burn? Ugh. Yep. I perceive uh, Voyager as a hunter. Yeah. Really? Why? Eh. Oh, at one point, uh, they're talking about going to Arrakis. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Like, what? I No, I have the same note. I'm like, wait, fucking Dune? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to Arrakis Prime. What? <laughs> Send men to summon Snakeface. <laughs> Somebody call? <laughs> no. <laughs> Shit, it's Snakeface. Turn out your lights and maybe it'll go away. <laughs> Pretend you're not home. I know you're in there. I brought a pizza. Yeah, but we can all do this. <laughs> um, if 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 uh, Kate's speech hadn't been my quote, the other 
candidate for me was um, Kate keeps pushing Seven to, uh, to to go on this mission to you know to, to explore to learn about like like I was saying before. Yeah. And uh, Jerry Ryan has this perfect deadpan read on I am volunteering. <laughs> like the captain made her volunteer. <laughs> There's a great callback to that later in the episode too, where they have to yep. send her to do something or other, and she's like, "Am I volunteering again? Is that what's happening?" Am I happening? volunteering for this too? And Jane was like, yeah. <laughs> but Janeway's got this great, like, throughout the episode, she wants Seven to learn this. And she's like, okay, I, I understand these are the readings, but what do you see? Uh-huh. Like, tell me from your perspective what, what this means. And I, I like that. I like that she's trying to, it's like that, uh, it's like a good teacher that really gets you involved in the subject and doesn't just teach you the facts. They mm-hmm. want to know what you think. And like, I like that. Yeah. Also, uh, they use the spacesuits, which they don't use nearly enough in any Star Trek, I think. Yeah, I'm sure Rick Berman was fucking spinning in his alive person grave. That uh, <laughs> He was spinning in Gene Roddenberry's grave, which he that, camped out uh, in. That Jerry Ryan wasn't wearing something that uh, perfectly uh, traced her ass. Yeah, probably. But I, I mean, I said this as far back as, I mean, I guess it was in The Naked Time, but mm. uh, I remember it more in The Tholian Web. But, the, you know, in, in the original series, whenever they put on a spacesuit, it's like, yeah, not every single place they go is going to be perfectly breathable at, with, yeah. uh, like, normal temperature and normal gravity. Like, you're going to need some protection. And it's nice when they put on a spacesuit and look like fucking astronauts. Yeah. Every time someone in Strike puts on an actual spacesuit, it's cool. Yeah. It makes even me if happy. It's just, even right. if it's just fucking Kirk floating by in the background. I'd love that episode, man. Right? Um. <laughs> what else? That's all I got. <laughs> just thinking about Shatner floating there, aren't you? I just love it. He just fucking drifts past, but like, like they, they, it, they didn't suspend him or anything. So it's just sort of him raising his arms and just pretending to drift. Yeah, they what they did was uh, they shot him at a baseball game doing the wave, and then they cut everyone else out of the frame. <laughs> so it's just him doing the wave, <laughs> and then they made him a ghost, a space ghost, if yeah. you will. Oh, um, the the funeral at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's decked out in their uh, their. Uh, yeah, now like, that they have them. Yeah, their dress uniforms. Which, like, uh, they only pulled those out, I think, last season for something, like, yep. for one of their alternate history, or, oh, the, it was the Starfleet Academy was actually Species 8, whatever. Oh, yeah. But the, the thing is, they didn't have them all this time, because you don't need them on Voyager with its situation. But now that they have them, they are finding mm. lots of excuses to use them. Yeah. But I just noticed uh, Neelix has a dress clown suit. <laughs> of course he does. Yeah, clown tuxedo. Get- Oh, I better get a, I better get a uh, dress uniform too. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm just th- like you. I don't think that's necessary. You don't wear a uniform. You are just an idiot that we <laughs> somehow got stuck with. Uh-huh. God fucking damn it, Neelix! We, we brought you along because we liked Cass, and then Cass laughed. Uh huh. So now we're stuck with you. <sighs> uh, anything else? Uh, no, I think that's it. I just wanted to mention Neelix's dress clown suit. No, that is that is a valid uh, that is a valid thing to point out. <laughs> Um, so that's it for this week. Yep. Um, next week we will do you another. Ne- next week our pal Caitlin is joining us, so I assume there is a Seven of Nine centric episode coming. Uh, almost certainly. She certainly has a type. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we're still early in the season, but anytime you would like to write to us, we'd love to hear from you. It is postatomichorror at gmail, or you can do as uh, Barkeron did and, and leave a comment. Go to mm-hmm. com where we post the show. Uh, it's a WordPress site, so it's just like each each new thing is a, like a blog entry, so you can comment on it if you want to do that. That, that still comes to us. Uh, but don't ask us to do sliders because we're probably not going to do that. We're almost certainly not going to do sliders. Although the next time we meet up with the Gavs, we'll probably be covering something equally terrible because mm-hmm. uh, that was fun. I enjoyed uh-huh. that. No, I, like I always that. I, I always love doing episodes with those guys. Yeah, same. And and they've been saying that all week as well. That was mm-hmm. that was fun. We should do that more. Yeah, we, we agree. Yep. All right. So until next time, see you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2016. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this.